All right, all right. What's up? What is it? It. What is it? All right. Well, today is day 13 of 40 in season 5. There you go. Got my intro. I'm going to talk about something near and dear to me about service dogs today. I'm going to switch gears. Talk about some fun stuff. Things that you might learn. Stuff you might already know. Shit you might not. Alright, let's start out with the laws. Okay? Rehabilitation Act 1973 covers the federal facilities. Basically shit that belongs to the government. Americans with Disabilities Act of 1990 covers state and lower facilities. Also the Rehab Act. Amendment Act of uh, 2008, it's the State Code, Title 42, Chapter 126, Section 12101. Also, Code, Title 47, Chapter 5, Fair Housing Act, covers basically housing and accommodations for the disabled. Air Carriers Access Act, that's transportations on aircraft or airlines. The Public Law, 112-154. That's service dogs on VA property. These are very, very important. Several Department of Defense regulations and initiatives. Now, this is service dogs on military installations. Now, I live in the great state of Texas. Now, that's Human Resource Resource Code, Chapter 121. Now, that's service dog statutes and then Health and uh, Safety Code. Chapter 437, Section 023. Now, that's retail food establishments and for uh, food service establishments. So, we're going to go over... We're not going to go anywhere near half of this shit, but when you have a service or you're interested in service dogs or if you think that you need one or if you think that you deserve one or if you have a question about freaking anything, first, you need to kind of know where to start. Those are the laws that govern service animals. Um, Yeah. So, what the hell is a service animal? That's an animal that's individually trained to perform a task for people with disabilities. And they include guide dogs to guide people that are blind, legally blind, or very low vision. Hearing dogs... Again, this is service animals, not to be misconstrued with whatever the hell labels they're giving do- or animals nowadays. Emotions, support animals, uh, feel good, whatever. This is a service animal. Hearing dogs to alert people that are deaf or are severely hearing impaired. Service assistance dogs to assist people with other types of disabilities, both visual and hidden impairments. We're going to use the the term service dog to include all of the things that I just talked about. Okay. Therapy, social, emotional support are not included under the ADA, the whatever disabilities act that I just said a few seconds ago. They're not service dogs, and they're not considered pets. I don't know what they are. 
Okay. Not all service dress or service dogs wear a harness or a vest, depending on what duty they are required to perform. Service dress can be dressed in a wide variety of, ran of uh, ranges. Most of the common working attire are guide harnesses, walking harnesses, orange collars and leads, bandanas for puppies, because, you know, it's fucking cute, vests, capes, or tags, anything. A service dog that is harnessed or dressed is on duty. Even when sitting or laying down, please allow the animal to concentrate and perform his or her job to the safety of its partner. Proper etiquette when encountering a service animal or a service dog puppy is to be in, is extremely important and a handler of that dog to work as a team their safety and life may really depend on it so things to know always interact with that person and not the animal just so you know freaking service animals could be really freaking cute okay for kids you must impart to them if you see a puppy don't automatically go, puppy, hands out front and run at them. Please try, try. Well, we, as service animal bearing folk, are totally aware, especially us that have cute ass phoenixes, are aware that golden retrievers are super cute freaking dogs. Okay? Service dogs are very cute and also well-behaved, making it natural to want to talk or pet the dog, but it's not polite to interact. Especially before you have permission from the handler. Remember, it's a working dog and not a pet. It is okay to pet this fluffy nugget after you gain the owner's permission. Puppies especially need to learn a lot of manners and how to act around strangers. So you definitely have to hold them to a high regard and training before they start having bombardment by little freaking nugget hands. Uh, you can help by asking to pet. A lot of vests have stop working animal, ask to pet. People don't read them at all. But all the petting comes to an end when the puppy is old enough, about eight months old, to wear a harness and dress, and the puppy is learning to work. Must now learn the difference between work and play and can no longer be pet while working. Do not pet a working dog, period, as tempting as it may be. To pet a service dog, remember the dog is responsible for the safety of the disabled person, and the dog should never be distracted from that duty. Person's uh, safety may depend on their dog's alertness. Please ask the owner's permission before touching the dog. That cannot be stressed enough. Or making eye, eye contact. Don't give corrections or commands to a service puppy in training or dog. I get that a lot, too. <laughs> come here. Come here. Come on. Come on. What the? F hey, knock that off. We're not out in the park. We're not out in the playing ground. We're not at the freaking dog run. We are literally sitting at the store, and she's covering me. You do not know. Okay. Okay, Phoenix, sit, stay, cover. Okay, look, watch. Hey, you over here, come here. Don't do that. I've had to do that a couple of times. People just automatically do it and think it's just fine and dandy. I'm like, this is a service animal, dude. Freaking ridiculous. 
Never grab the harness or leash from the handler. Now, I've never ex experienced this. I'm a big dude. People don't generally try and grab anything from me. Um, you can really disorient or confuse the team, especially when you start grabbing stuff. Never feed the working dog, especially without permission. Now, during training, especially when you're going through the task list and you're getting um, graded, um, some of the uh, uh, tasks that you have to go through is uh, ignoring food on the ground. So um, if you're asked to do so, obviously these are outside the normal bounds and you can, and you, can you know, do things like that. Um, in the mall here, I've, I've asked for com uh, accomplices to throw um, grilled chicken on the floor while she's walking without a leash 30 feet. And she has to maintain her conscious awareness and walk to me and ignore the food. So I have to get, I, I need some help outside of that because I have to have her sit, I have to walk 30 feet, I have to turn around and I have to have her come to me while people are chunking food on the floor while she has to ignore it and not eat it. So it's kind of, you know, so other than that kind of thing, you really can't feed, you, you know, She's not supposed to sniff or eat or chew or do anything to retail uh, merchandise. Obviously, she can't eat stuff, so you're not really supposed to do any of that kind of thing. Don't forget, service dog teams have the right of way, period. We are protected folk. Don't allow your dog, while on leash or loose, to interact with a service dog. Again, the disabled person depends on their dog. Any distraction could endanger their safety. Don't offer a toy to a service dog. Don't offer anything to them. Literally, ignore that they're there. They're not there. They are a shadow partner. Talk to the human. You can expect to see the service dog teams just about everywhere. Federal Americans with Disabilities Act, that's the ADA. I totally forgot what the FD, FDA was. Um, and state laws grant the right access to anybody who is disabled or blind can be accompanied by their service dogs everywhere the public is allowed the general public that means if you're allowed to go there we're allowed to go there they're allowed in restaurants offices churches hospitals apartments schools hotels and motels they travel on buses taxis airplane shops grocery stores enjoy amusement parks movies concerts everywhere before asking a question of a person handling a dog allow them to complete the task at hand most times if they're tasking you can kind of tell because they're doing it. If they're not tasking and the dog's just kind of hanging out, you can kind of tell that too. Remain calm. Never tease a dog. Both dogs and humans must be individually trained before coming a service dog team. And you can tell when they're trained. And you can tell when they're not trained. You can tell when somebody's fibbing and not trained. Service dog starts to training about 8 to 10 weeks of age and will continue all their life. They are basically in training for the rest of their life. They can become a team after a year, but they will be in training for the rest of their life because this is not something that once they learn, that's it. Always remember. For the first eight months, you want to go socialization and learn manners, and then about eight months formal service training begins. For 12 to 18 months, advanced service dog training is conducted, and then after that, the dog and the handler are ready to go through a final exam. One successful graduation as a service dog team.
New teams with adult dogs takes six months to a year to develop and learn to work in sync. It's a little like learning to dance. Both partners know the steps, but it takes a little time. Service dogs rely on the skills and training of their handlers to tell them what's expected. Of course, the dogs given to given lavish praise for a job well done. Service dogs are not on duty all the time. They can't. They can't be acted. They can't be expected to be going 24 hours a day. When they're at home, they're very much family dogs. Playing with the kids, chewing on a toy, hopefully. Dog safe. Bone. And snoozing. But once they get snapped into their harness or once they get asked to task, it's go time. All right? A little bit about crating. Once you get a little bit into crating, you start asking yourself some questions. As a service dog, you want to have your dog trained. First you want to crate train and then you want to potty train. So why are we crate training service animals? The reason why is we want to ensure the best possible environment for our animals, especially if we're going to make them um, service animals, because we want to um, be able to control the environment as much as possible. Crate training also helps eliminate destructive behavior as much as humanly possible. Dog crate training also provides a routine. Because when you crate train a dog, you're going to inadvertently provide structure and a schedule, for example. Your dog will sleep in the crate at night, and when you're away from home, chances are you go to sleep, wake, go to work, and you set yourself some sort of schedule. You already have your schedule. So once you impose a schedule on your dog, you'll help to let them know kind of what to expect. In order for crate training to be successful, wow, I can't say that word, successful, you'll need to make sure that you take several decisions under consideration. Let's look at some of them. So when we start talking about crates, what, what kind of crates? You can do, really, crates are all over the place. Crates that come in really any kind of size, shape, material, and color. Before purchasing, you want to kind of consider where your dog is and where it's going to be. If you want to just get one and then prog out how big your dog is going to get, and then buy one that's going to fit him or her, you have to be careful. Because if you give it too much room, it's going to poop and pee in the thing. And, you know, so we need to, need to make sure. However, your dog's crate should just be large enough for him to stand, turn around. If it's too big, you're going to get yourself in trouble. Okay? So... We want to make sure that if, if, if you get yourself a big one, you're going to need to block it off until it gets a little bigger and then increase it a little bit. All right, so just keep that in mind. So get yourself one. If you're going to want one that's going to be big enough for them when they get bigger, just make sure that you, that you increase the size, okay? Dogs prefer cozy dens in the wild, so if you're buying a crate for a new puppy, choose a crate size that will fit him when he's an adult and block off the excess crate space so he is unable to to eliminate the back and sleep in the front, okay? To urinate and, and to poop, because we don't want that. Where you put the crate 
is very important also. Some dog owners like to keep two crates, one for their main living space and one for their bedrooms. Okay? Crate training is very important. Depending on the age of your dog, you have to kind of time and strategically use this for, for you know, a benefit. Young puppies simply cannot hold their bladder. They can't. Okay? They need to go outside every couple hours. So once they're older than 12 weeks, then you can kind of, you know, you, you're, you're going to start working on it better. Like any other dog training, it's just judgment calls need to be made. So you can keep them in the crate, start extending out the time, and, and then you're going to start working out. I'm going to go over that and, and some potty training tips here shortly. Older dogs might have bladder control issues, so we're going to have, you know, just be conscious, and once you get them in the crate, Make sure that your, your crating is based on your puppy's needs, obviously. If you crate it for too long, they're going to have to go on the crate. So just be careful. Also, when an issue arises, if we're crating, um, something called crate training separation anxiety. Separation anxiety is a huge problem. Um, Especially if it's uh, a dog that you've had for a little bit and you're just starting with the crate or like we had a dog that we put in and it did not like that crate at all. So uh, first few times that you crate your dog, you're going to catch a noisy bunch of ruckus. They're going to cry, bark, whine, throw the, you know, kick, just throw a tipper tantrum. You know, just have some patience, have a little faith, crate train, it's the right decision. So just get that in your head that I'm doing this. It's going to be better for the dog. It's going to be better for the house, better for the animal because it's not going to eat your wires. The dog will in a very short time become comfortable in their crate, and it's going to be their home. They're really going to, they're really going to get there. To, to quicken the process, reward your dog um, with treats. You know, find something that they like. Make sure you make it obnoxious. Oh, good dog. You know, all over the place. And eventually they'll go in there voluntarily. Remember, you take your dog outside as soon as you let him out. Incredibly important, especially if you're working on dog potty training. Okay, create that routine. Outside the crate, outside the house. Boom, go potty, bam. Reward them when they're doing that, and boom, you're good to go. You are good to go. Okay, so let's do a little dog potty training. Okay, an old dog can be taught new tricks. Thank goodness, or men would be dead. Uh, <laughs> thankfully, dog potty training is one of them. Ideally, when you bring home your new dog from the pound or for a, from a breeder or something offer, uh, just sit for one of your friends. Potty training has already been completed, you know, so you don't have to clean up. But, you know, maybe you're going to have to potty train at some point. It's important for you to establish a spot while potty training that your dog knows is where he needs to, you know, do his duty. You must take him there every single time. Unless, of course, you're not, you know, you're away from home. It's extremely important. I learned this recently, but pigs actually do this on their own, where they go to the exact same spot. But we have to teach our little pits. A, um, a side note, puppy's mother can actually do a lot of the potty training for your dog. Uh, I know a lot of breeders who tell me that uh, the mother dog trains their pups not to uh, eliminate in their beds 
and makes them follow her outside. So with a bit of luck, hopefully, you know, the breeder will get them doing that. But if not, when you suspect your dog is ready to go, take him to a potty spot. Signs are usually pretty clear. Let's start sniffing around, walking a little funny, maybe doing the TT dance. It's been a couple hours, probably best just take him out. When you go to the potty spot, say your command, go potty. That works. After he eliminates a large amount of praise, okay? We're, we're using an excess amount of praise. One thing that we found that works really well, especially for people who will be taking their dog with them to other people's houses and don't want to be embarrassed if they, you know, eliminate on the carpet, get a bell and attach it to a rope or something. It can be hanging around the doorknob. And then shaping, you know, when the process goes, teach the dog when he bumps him with the bell, when he knows, you know, when he knows it's time to go, um, how many times it goes outside, you know, when it's, when it's time to go. So that means if it's time to go, go find the bell that's on the door. Let him know when, where it is, and he'll go find it. Figuring out the bell means the door is opening, and you can show him when he bumps the bell, it's, he gets rewarded, you know, um, to go outside. Uh, once you get that far in the final step in the bell process, teaching him the reward only comes when he goes potty after ringing the bell. You know, you have to put those two together. Otherwise, you're just going to be nosing that damn bell, getting treats. It's one of those trained behaviors that's super simple to teach any dog, but it really impresses your guest. More importantly, it gives your dogs a way to actually tell you he really needs to go potty. It comes in very handy when you, you know, don't happen to be in the same room with your dog when nature calls. But with the ringing of the bell, you can hear your dog, you know, asking to go outside from any room in your house. It's pretty cool. One thing to realize in the dog potty training process is there's there going to be accidents. You know, accidents happen. And what you do when your dog has an accident, it's very important. Yes, I know that nobody likes cleaning up after the fact. If you react negative negatively, your dog will start to associate your anger or frustration with him going in the bathroom and will be afraid to eliminate around you. I would say this is the biggest mistake people make while pet potty training. So instead of reacting negatively by yelling or even rubbing your nose in it, Concentrate more heavily on rewarding the good behavior. Negative behavior has been associated with terrible shit. Um, Tadsall trains exclusively in positive reinforcement. There is no negative reinforcement at all. It's all positive. Now, your family has a potty trained dog that they can join in the house. Or if you're sitting, you can return the dog fully potty trained to owner. Uh, maybe a little bill. So... Those are some of the things that I wanted to talk about with regards to um, service animals. While you're tasking, it is illegal for anybody to ask you what your disability is. They can only ask you what their task is what they are doing sometimes they can ask you to uh, show what their task is um, one time I was out uh, I think we were looking at lights and uh, they said you know can't bring a dog in here and I said she's a service animal oh, really I said yes and they said well what does she do and I said uh, you can't ask that you can ask me what tasks she's performing and he said, oh, I'm sorry, what task is she performing? And I said, well, here, I'll show you. I said, Phoenix cover. And she covered. And I said, there you go. And he said, okay, good enough. <laughs> and we walked in. 
Um, so all they really need is just to make sure that the, the, the animal is, you know, is a trained animal and not like to, to hurt anybody else. Most of the time, people just really don't care. But um, as a golden retriever, she does not look like she's going to bite anybody. I clearly don't walk around with a, with a pit with ears, you know, straight up and teeth hanging around everywhere. But pits are beautiful dogs and they're gentle as hell. But, you know, there's a there's an antic, antagonistic aspect that I definitely wanted to make sure that we didn't, you know, we didn't mess with either. So choose, choose your service animal wisely as well, unless one's provided for you. Um, I couldn't stress that enough either. Don't get a horse. I've seen all kinds of stuff. But know your, know your laws. There are ac applicable ones according to your state. And then there are the federal ones that people can't mess with. So, service animal things. And then a couple of crate and potty training tips. I hope you enjoy. Thank you.